Hello, listeners of the Call Me By Your Game podcast. It is I, the host of this here show, Connor McCabe, here to give you a little introduction of what you are about to listen to on the feed today. What we have for you is Super NPC Radio's first episode of the Mass Effect Games Club, which is heard exclusively at patreon.com slash supernpcradio for all $5 DJ Toad tier supporters and above. Every quarter at Super NPC Radio, we go through a game in a book club style format over a whole series of weeks covering a game in a book club format uh, in order to give the listener a nice breakdown and an overview, a very detailed look at a game. Uh, This is something also that our patrons vote on, so if you're not a patron and you're listening to this, uh, you can hop in as low as the $1 tier to support us, and you can vote in these quarterly elections, because this was selected on uh, by our patrons, uh, nominated by contributor Roxy Polk. So what you're going to hear today is the first episode of the Games Club. It's the introductory prologue uh, that we did for our Mass Effect uh, series. And if you want to hear more of this, this is a game you like, you want to come along for the ride, and you like this quirky crew that we got out in space, then if you go to patreon.com slash supernpcradio and support us at the $5 DJ Toad tier again and above, then you can hear this series as it airs every single Friday in the first three months of 2024 again we're covering mass effect one uh only uh so uh if you like that then i think you're gonna love what we have there without further ado i'll go ahead and stop talking so you can hear the episode thank you for listening well what about shepherd she's a spacer lived aboard starships most of her life Military service runs in the family. Both her parents were in the Navy. She saw her whole unit die on a cruise. She could have some serious emotional scars. Every soldier has scars. Shepard's a survivor. Is that the kind of person we want protecting the galaxy? That's the only kind of person who can protect the galaxy. I'll make the call. Welcome to the Mass Effect Games Club from Super NPC Radio. This is our weekly Games Club series covering the first game in the Mass Effect series from January through March of 2024 as voted on by our patrons uh, at patreon.com slash supernpcradio. This uh, current Games Club series and any one that we are doing in the present moment, because I'm such a big proponent of living in the moment. I, you know, one of your hosts of this series, Connor McCabe. Uh, these are exclusive uh, Patreon bonus episodes uh, for those who support us at the $5 DJ Toad tier and above. Uh, so to all you DJ Toads and above, thank you so much for your support. Uh, you're why we do this. You're the, you're the way that we can do more of this. And thank you so much. Hope you're loving this. Uh, and anybody who supports Super NPC Radio at the $1 tier and above has the ability to vote in our Games Club elections. So if you want to uh, help have a say and influence what content we do in the future, support us at that tier or higher and vote each quarter as, you know, we just uh, we get out the vote and have these very really, uh, steamy and heated elections. Uh, 
when you get to choose from a panel of games. If you're also listening to this in the Super NPC Games Club free feed uh, at some point in the future, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for listening uh, and, and listening in that feed. I hope you've been enjoying our legacy content uh, and consider checking out what we have currently because I'm sure we're doing some sort of crap on this Patreon, and I do sort of see it as crap. Uh, lastly... Uh, is that we are all over social media and Discord. Uh, if you want to interact with us on the internet, you can find us on Blue Sky, Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Super NPC Radio. And if you want to discuss this club, past and present, uh, hit us up on social media and we'll send you a link to our Discord to have fun conversations with other funny and kind space aliens that are out there. As I've said, I am your uh, captain for this this here episode, your space captain, because we're in space, folks. Connor McCabe. But folks, it, it wouldn't be a games club if, if it were just I. Yes, there are six of us participating in this current games club, so I'll introduce all of them right now for the first episode of our Mass Effect Games Club series. Please welcome, first and foremost, uh, just a, a slimy, a geth, who, who as soon as I see him, I'm pulling out a weapon and I'm making the most violent gunshot ever. If it isn't None other than Jeremy Schmidt. Whoa! Hot and steamy election. I heard that, and it made me think of like a sexy election. And I was oh, like, oh, it's a it's a sex election for sure. Sex election. Yeah. Um, happy to be here. Uh, R.I.P. Tyler uh, Schnupp. He's not going to be joining us. He uh, went out on a voyage solo and never returned. Yeah, maybe we'll see him in uh, when we do the Mass Mass Effect Two Games Club in six years. We'll, yeah. we'll discover him on a deserted planet or something. Mm -hmm. A deserted planet? <laughs> Full of ice cream, maybe? Okay, now we're talking. But Jeremy, I'm so glad you're here. We're also here with uh, with Turian Operative. It's none other than the person who nominated this game for our Games Club series and is, the is as we all know, the victor, Roxy Polk. Hey, I'm so happy this game won. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um Quick disclaimer to our listeners, uh, I'm recovering from a cold, so I apologize for my uh, vocal fry that's happening in real time. <laughs> um, but I'm very excited to cover this uh, game. It's one of my favorite games, so thank you to everyone who voted for it. Yay. <laughs> it should be so much fun. You know, Roxy, you're e you've been eating so good. I hope next I club, whatever it is, is something you just absolutely detest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's the only thing that would make it fair. Justice. The medium. Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> the medium. Don't oh curse no! Us all like that. A game we all detest. <laughs> oh my gosh! Who's that that I hear? If it isn't none other than the cutest Asari I've ever seen, Michael McCaller. <laughs> what do you know about podcasts? Huh? Did that track? Did that track? Is that Asari stuff? I felt like everything I asked in this episode of Mass Effect, he went, "What do you know about?" The Turians. What do you know about? <laughs> yes. What do you yeah, know about podcasts? As you're going through your dialogue wheel and just like investigating and asking and not really having a conversation, but just like going through your bullet points of like interview questions. I wanted to get it all. Oh, yes. Okay. I guess I was the only one who did that or noticed it. Was <laughs> no, I noticed it. I, now that you've said it, because he it would be a guy who'd be like, "If you don't leave, I'm going to shoot you." And then you'd be like, "What do you know about the Turians?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> McCaller, so glad to have you here, pal. Glad uh, to be just here. Just a stalwart of this of this panel, uh, and also the person who does not only the art for this games club, but our entire games club, all of our games club series, and the the network in general. Mister Artist, thank you. 
Absolutely. It's very fun to uh, draw toads, to draw garrises. Whatever you guys need, I'm here. This art is particularly clutch. It is so good looking. Like if you haven't, if you haven't admired mm. it, listeners, go to the Patreon and just look at the art. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, it's turned out pretty cool. Great. It even, even has like an atmospheric background. Yeah. Too. I feel like you're leveling up, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, you got a little portfolio of podcast specific art going. I really do. <laughs> uh, um, they're, like, they're like, do you know how to draw eyes when I'm trying to get a job? <laughs> Oh, anything else? Naked (laughs) shoulders. Um, We've got a couple more just fantastic members of the panel here. Please welcome to the microphone, uh, Corian Sniper Extraordinaire, Nick Costanza. Commander. Hi. Whoa. (laughs) You fit in great already, pal. It's weird. I'm the sole reactivator survivor on this show right now. Oh, it's true. How do you feel mm. about that? Honestly, it's scary. I'm concerned. I'm afraid. But I'm hoping that we'll have an adventure together. Fingers crossed. We'll all Fingers. be space friends by the end of this. Yes. Uh, well, Nick, even though you're the lone reactivator and you do, you know, carry a heavy burden on those shoulders, you know, representing the two of you and your wonderful show, your podcast over there. Um, we are really glad that you're here. Uh, and even though this isn't a first person shooter, they're shooting elements. So I hope there's something for you in this game. Yeah. Zoom in. Well, I'll that tell you, <laughs> yeah, playing as a soldier, <laughs> I don't need more bullets this time. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> My man, really bringing it back. And last but not least, it's the Krogan with the Mogan, July Diaz. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm going to be in uh, using my special ability, listening. <laughs> I'm just going to be listening here. I'm going to be learning. I don't know anything about the world, really. It just so much uh, about two hours that I played of the game, so... I don't even know what you're talking about. It all sounds foreign to me, Connor. Every every species, I'm guessing, you're, you're referencing. I don't know, but I'm happy to learn. Well, I'm happy you're here. And, man, what, mm-hmm. a, what a turn this is for July Diaz using his listening skills. I got to say, this is wonderful. Uh, and, hey, look, it's a new year, new you, pal. It's 2024, baby. Thanks. And it also has nothing to do with my Wi-Fi being wonky, so... Just here to listen. <laughs> yes. I'm glad. So two of us are sick. One of us has wonky Wi-Fi, and three of us uh, talk too much. It, it'll it'll be perfect. Um, this is our panel for this Games Club series uh, that, of course, we're doing. You know, covering Mass Effect. We're going to be doing this over an eleven uh, over eleven episodes. So this is going to take us. I believe the last episode will release on March twenty second, twenty twenty four. Um, and this is the first episode. Today, uh, we're not covering a lot. We're actually doing a lot of table setting. We're going to be talking about the character creation, the world setting of the game, and walking around the good ship Normandy. Uh, it should be just a ton of fun. Um, the name of the ship, all right. Yeah, so write that down. The Normandy. <laughs> the first thing I want to – we're going to do some table setting. We're going to start with our all of our personal histories with not only this game in particular – but Mass Effect and maybe even Bioware uh, RPGs in general. Before we talk uh, about the about the series and then and then set the table worldwise, um, I'll kick us off 
and say that the Mass Effect series is a very new uh, experience for me. And when I say new at this point, it's <laughs> almost been three years since I played the first game. When Oh, oh shit. Yes, I thought you just played it. I played it in uh, like June, July of 2021, uh, right after the Legendary Edition, uh, a series, you know, a, an edition which is probably the way that all of us are playing and, and many listeners out there as this game is available on Game Pass. They... Basically, did like a, a like a little soft remaster of the first three games in this series, uh, but I remember hearing about this series from a friend of the show, Eddie Martin. Growing up, Eddie has famously said that when all of his friends were playing Halo Three, he was obsessed with Mass Effect, and he couldn't get anybody to play or talk Aww. about it with them. Um, but I remember hearing from him, kind of like he told me about Skyrim as well, just about how much he loved the world and how interesting it was and how it was a kind of a fun space opera. But for me, outside of being just sort of a distant fascination, uh, like I said, it wasn't until that remaster came out. Um, another friend of the show, Mike Steele, was like, Connor, you got to play this. So I went and bought the remaster. And folks, I loved the first game. I was a big fan. Uh just really sunk some good time into it. I'm really excited to revisit it and see like what it's like now, if it's aged at all in my mind in the last three years, if I have different opinions on it. I'm also looking at it through a different perspective where I didn't talk about that game on a podcast. So do you, I don't know if anybody can relate to this, but like I kind of I can consume games differently in that way. Um, Nick, you play games off for and not for podcasts do you notice a difference between the way you do that at all most of the time i have more fun when i'm not playing a game for a podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> which makes a game okay. that i haven't played like this very daunting yes but um do you want me to get my history? Not now? not quite yet, but I was just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of wanted dare. to get it. No, don't Nick, you dare answer get that yourself. question and then shut the don't fuck up. Say okay. else. I, I'm just not going to talk for the rest of it. So. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I know. I just you know, Nick. I know you play games for yourself and then for shows, and so it's it's just interesting. I, I find that I'm more attentive generally when I'm playing for a podcast because I know I'm going to have to talk about it. Mm. So we'll you see how this notes, one goes. Connor? Yes, I do take notes. Me too. I feel like I'm always like looking down during cutscenes and then looking like it, it becomes an audio play. It does Mass Effect. It can. Oh, for sure. Because I don't know if you can pause. We'll get into it, but I don't know if you can pause cutscenes in this game. Um, but anyway, as soon as I finished the first, I wanted to play the second. I still haven't done that. But this year, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a supporter currently on Patreon, later this year, I believe, June or July, I'm going to have a co-op episode so one overview episode on Mass Effect 2. So it's a big Mass Effect year for me. Um, uh, Roxy, I'm going to turn to you now. What is your history with this game, this series? Uh, so I was actually pretty late to this franchise as well. Um, and didn't even start playing it until I was working at Dark Horse as an editor and got put onto like the art books and the comics as an assistant editor. Oh, wow. Um, so it was like literally for work, but I had been kind of like tangentially aware of them. Like, I think my brother was the one who had the Xbox growing up. So I think like he played the first Mass Effect. So I think I just like knew it existed. Um, 
but it wasn't until I played it myself that I was like, I can't believe I slept on these for so long. Like they're so good. Um, and it was really fun because most of my other coworkers were like uh, fans of the games as well. And so there was like this kind of routine where I'd be working on the games, uh, like ancillary materials for work. And then I'd go home, play the game, come back the next day. Uh, and then my editor at the time, he'd be like, oh, what part did you play next? And we'd just kind of talk about like our choices and stuff and like what uh, I had gone through so far. Um, so it was like this very concentrated, fun um you were really kind of, doing some mass effect at that yeah time. and it was kind of like the same thing for dragon age as well like i discovered oh. bioware rpgs like at the same time which i was like i love choice-based games like that like i can't believe that i hadn't played these before um so i'm very glad i got assigned to those books because who knows how long it would have taken me to get to them otherwise but um it was it was a really great experience and uh like nothing else i had ever played at the time like i hadn't played kotor but i had heard like good things about both of those games and i really want to play those someday and then like i think jade empire was the one that came out before like dragon age and mass effect um mm -hmm. which i haven't played that one either because it was also a original xbox exclusive yeah it's on steam now i should play it at some point uh, i have no excuse for not playing it yet <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know just the there's something about the way that these games um kind of let you make choices and kind of befriend all the characters and kind of sink you into the world that uh i i feel like i'm constantly searching for games that do the exact same thing to, yes. to no avail mm. for the most part totally are, are you a sort of what i would consider classic mass effect fan where part two is your favorite or is a different game the standout for you i think two is still my favorite but like one is really solid and it's a lot like shorter than you might think too yeah definitely. uh which is one of the reasons why i like nominated it because i was like you can actually go through this pretty quick especially if you don't want to do any of the side content um mm -hmm. and uh yeah um yeah i don't know <laughs> fantastic uh well hey just so you know i will like we've talked about i'll definitely be calling your name for that mass effect 2 episode because i know I'm you're so such a big fan that. uh I can't wait. Uh, well, thanks, Roxy. Um, and uh, we're going to talk to you a lot more as we get into like the series setting and, and context as well. Yeah. Jeremy Schmidt, you Yo. just little Garrus lover, you. That's... What's your history with this series, Bioware, and this game in general? I mean, that is exactly it. I love Garrus. I mean, this is Garrus... why we're friends, Jeremy. Yeah, Garrus <laughs> is the absolute man. And, uh, <laughs> I fell in love with him deeply early on when I was playing Mass Effect 2 for the first time on the PS3. And so a friend of mine gave me like uh was like you have to play this game. It's like absolutely it's like the best game I've ever played and uh you know at the time he was like selling it to me a little bit like it's like if if it's like someone made a good Star Trek game, which I don't like Star Trek, so I was like, well, oh. that's not selling it. Very well. <laughs> uh, but as soon as I actually gave it a shot, uh, I was a PS3 guy, so I actually didn't have access to the first Mass Effect game. Um, it w they started with two on the PS3, and you were able to play like a little comic book at the beginning that did all the choices from the first game oh, for you yes. that teed you up to play Mass Effect 2. Um, I fell so hard into Mass Effect 2 and just like loved it so much that I even overlooked a lot of what I think is problematic about Mass Effect 3 because I was just such a big fan of uh, that second game. In fact, um, 
I never played the first game. So this is my first time going through the very first game, which is like oh, so exciting. Oh, wow. And I can okay. already tell it is like, I already, I, I can already tell that it's like, um, going to be my cup of tea in a way that I think Mass Effect 3 still isn't. I'd be, I'd be interested to go back to Mass Effect 3, but that game, uh, they switched like, um, I think it was after EA bought Bioware. They mm. like kind of changed the combat a little bit. There was like a lot of changes internally that make that game a little bit more of an yeah. anomaly to the other to the other two games. It was a hugely rushed schedule as well. Like yeah. EA was definitely breathing down their necks, and then like the writers changed. Like uh, Drew Carpishin, Capishin, mm-hmm. I can't say his name right. Is like the lead writer on the first game and then co-writer on the second game. But he's kind of like the one who came up with the entire universe mm. and stuff. Yeah. And by the time the third game rolls around, he's not even attached to it anymore. So yeah, uh, it kind of shows, especially with like. They had so many threads to try and tie up, and um, not <laughs> yeah. all of them quite. <laughs> people, people hate the ending of Mass Effect Three, was which is like I think not my problem with that game. No it's like I, I didn't hate the ending at all. It's like I hated. Uh, I didn't space. really like how it controlled. I think it just changed a little bit of too much of what I liked about the second game. But anyways. Uh, Mass Effect, I think, on the strength of that second game, has like pretty much carried this series for me. Where like that game looms so large in my brain, I loved it so much, and I'm really excited to get into this uh, this first game. Um, yeah, I think it's really special. I think the the again, like the characters are really special, and like Garrus in particular, I think it's just like this like absolute freaking god. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'm glad it got picked. I probably would. I will say this. I probably would have never played Mass Effect 1 had it not gotten picked for the Games Club. So this gives me a perfect opportunity to actually go through and do it. And, you know, I can already tell however many hours I am, five hours into the game, that I'm going to be doing Mass Effect 2 right after this and just blowing through the trilogy. So Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're here, buddy. Yeah, I mean... It's it is interesting too. While we have done an RPG style game for our Games Club series, like when we did the original Pokemon games last year, this does feel different. It, it's definitely a different style of RPG. So it'll be fun to be playing something like this for this club. Um, at long last, it's finally your time, old Jolly Saint Nick, to to speak <laughs> to us, buddy. I'm I'm pretty sure I know. That you, I, I, my understanding is that you don't have experience with the series, but I know you at least love one Bioware game. Yes, I do. Mass Anthem. Effect Two. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, I am a huge Knights of the Old Republic fan. That's one of my favorite games of all time. Love it, love it, love it. I think it's the best Star Wars ever. I bought Mass Effect one on the back of that really i bought mass effect 2 first i had a big uh GameStop phase when yeah baby i used to work at jimmy john's and i had disposable income because i still lived uh, with my parents i would so just sick i just go to GameStop every friday and buy a bunch of games and i bought mass effect 2 because i knew it was so good immediately after i bought it i thought oh i guess i should play the first one and then i had heard that there was some crossover like you could play the first one and your character kind of went on into the second i'm a huge sucker for stuff like that so i bought the first one on xbox started playing it and immediately it just wasn't 
my thing. Yeah. (laughs) And really quickly, I dropped it. And always in the back of my mind thought, one day I'm just going to play all three of these. But then I remember the third one coming out, hearing the uh, mixed reception to the ending and kind of just dropping it. But now, this is my chance. Huge, buddy. So well, exciting. I'm I'm glad that we've got really like, and we've got two more people to hear from, but such like a, a variety of experience coming into this. And not just experience, but like feeling. Like Nick has had a bad time with this game before. <laughs> so how's that going to go for him moving forward? It's I'm really intrigued. Well, Nick, I'm so hoping... glad you're here, buddy. Sorry, Rox. Oh, no, no. Sorry. I should have waited for you to be done. Oh, I'm just hoping that the Legendary Edition will, like, improve things that might have annoyed Nick in the past. Hopefully. Um, it does make see. characters sexier, so I think that'll help. <laughs> yeah. True. Already, it seems a little better. I didn't even get that much further than when we stopped for this episode. Oh, uh, wow. The first oh, so time. Nick, you played the character creator and decided this is not for you. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit more than that, but yes. Um, although I am having a problem already that I don't remember having last time, which is that I have all these guns strapped to me and I just keep shooting them because I can't figure out how to put them away. Oh, I can help you oh. with that because I was having the same issue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's talk me about too. that. It tells yeah, you so many guns. Um, well, there's, uh, we'll get into it, uh, which actually this is for me, probably more of an Eden prime discussion, but anyway, yeah. uh, well, McCaller of the Michael, uh, uh, ilk pal, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, you're coming hot off of just the joy of your life of us playing the resident evil Two remake for our games club. Yeah. Um, what's your experience like with, uh, mass effect and Bioware in general? Well, uh, my RPG history until uh, the last couple of years, I could say, was Super Mario RPG, Knights of the Old Republic, blank. And Final Fantasy VII on the treadmill. <laughs> I did play, well, that's what I mean. Like, I've since, I, I would say probably since the Switch, I started oh, gotcha, doing, like, gotcha. I can maybe do some RPGs now. But, yes. like, growing up, zero RPGs except for Knights of the Old Republic, which oh. I loved with my whole goddamn heart. And, um... Have this feeling, I've started Mass Effect a couple of times through the years, and think when I very first bought a PlayStation 3, I got that Mass Effect 2 uh, had just come out for PlayStation 3, and it had, like, that catch-up comic book of Mass yes, Effect. Yes, Yeah. And I remember going through that and being like, this is not the right experience for this game, and playing very little Mass Effect 2 and just being like, I've, I had also, you know, bought all the Uncharted's, and I had Batman Arkham City, and I was like... Sorry, Mass Effect 2, back of the line. Yeah. Because I did have kind of what Nick was talking about, this fear that I was going to miss out on the first story. And so I, but even then, even the very little time I spent with Mass Effect, I had this feeling like the way the camera controls and the way it highlights things in the distance, I was like, the KOTOR muscle memory kicked back in. I was like, oh, yes, wow, <laughs> this is how you explore an RPG. This is what makes sense. So I've had a thrill every time I've touched Mass Effect. And I had it this time, too. When I was back on the Normandy running around, I was like, right, this is how KOTOR feels. Mm-hmm. And KOTOR is good. So therefore, this is good. Uh, but I did at one point, this is maybe a year or two ago, I was visiting Roxy in Portland. And we sat down with a couple of Roxy's friends from town uh, who became my friends, too. And yeah. like in a weekend, like in a fever dream, I played through 
all of Mass Effect. No Yeah, I way. think like it was weekend? for your birthday or something. I was like, I want Mikey to play this game. So yeah. here, for your birthday, just here's Legendary Edition. Yes, that's what it was. That it was. You bought me Legendary Edition for my birthday. And we sat down and we played Mass Effect 1. And I really, really liked it and had a lot of fun. But because this is an experience I've had um, when I was living with Jeremy, where he had a PlayStation 4 and I didn't. And like the weekend that the new God of War came out, he like was at a wedding and so I was like, I've got exactly this much time to play through this brand new game I'm thirsting for. Yes. And I don't remember it. And then when I go back and play it, it's actually like a really cool way to play a game. Like any fear of spoilers, any fear of like, I'm not going to like this is kind of gone. I already know yeah. I'm going to love every single second of this. So that's where I'm at with Mass Effect. I know I liked it, I it, but it still feels like a new game. Yes, I have that's time fun. to like root around. And especially a game like this, that has so many choices and so many options that like I can just like revel in it mm -hmm. I, i'm very very excited to play this game it was actually very hard to stop playing when i realized i was already way past what we're going to talk about yes i booted it up a little extra last night like after uh the first mission and didn't really get to play because uh plans just happened faster than i expected but i feel i feel you too mccaller i don't really even though i played this three years ago don't remember the details super well right so it should be fun. Last but not yeast, July Diaz. Walk us through your history, my little cherub. Wait, do you, does anybody know the year this the original game came I think out? It was two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay, so I was in. I think I was in diapers. Oh, really? <laughs> so it's definitely too young to experience the game because it does this have a rated M for mature. It feels very I don't mature. Think so I think this is T. I think this According is according to Fox News. Is it M? It has it has alien boobs. Does it? M for I, more, please. I've never played as like male chef, so I have no idea. There, there's like a human lady. Are there human lady boobs? Do they so. change? Do they change aspects of the story depending on who you choose in the beginning? Not to get ahead of it. Yeah, yeah. So like whatever, if you chose male or female chef, it's gonna alter a lot of. It is M. Look at that. Line. Okay. Yeah. But it's for like so all three I, of the yeah. games. I don't not know. For how, like, okay. Not for July. Okay. Not, <laughs> not for me. If I see the M at, you know, whatever age I was when the first one came out, I'm respecting the boundaries of the ESRB and not going to get anywhere near the game sure. until I'm of age. It's good. It's smart. I so don't really like have how you'll be playing to this game. You'll be following the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't really have experience <laughs> with the game. I've heard, obviously, I've heard of it before. I like a space opera. I've never been a Star Trek person, but I appreciate it existing. Um, I'm trying to be the most diplomatic Dip I can. Yes, you are. Without, I can tell. <laughs> without like uh, actually sharing what I think yet, because I only have so little experience with the game. Yes. Um, I will say I'm not. Where would like you Nick. rank it? Where would I rank it? Ten out of ten. <laughs> but I'm not going to give my full like <laughs> thoughts until I play a little bit more. I will say I'm not like Nick, where I'm completely dismissing it off of just creating a character for 24 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did time myself because I use any game like where you get to choose your character or create a character from scratch or or use templates. I always find myself taking way too long in that section. Oh, sure. Because I just mm -hmm. want to see everything. So I time myself, and it took me like 
32 minutes to just create mm. my character because I wanted to see every single like option I was able to yeah. create. Mm. And my guy looks pretty badass. Ooh. I gotta say that. Me too. And I'm I'm regretting at this point. I I I I meant to take a picture of my shepherd. Uh, but we'll get into that. I want to. Yes. I'm going to save that just a little bit. But um, July, also glad you're here again. Totally oh, yeah. fresh perspective on the series. This is fantastic. We're all different, and isn't that just what makes us special? Um, what I want to get into now is actually setting the table for like this series and its uh its legacy a little bit. Um, Roxy, uh, mm-hmm. as much as you are able at this point. Can you talk to us and walk us through a little bit of this uh, of this game and its legacy? And I'm also prepared to hop in. Yeah. So this was like, oh my god, sorry. <laughs> as soon as I as soon as I put sorry. you on the spot, I'm so sorry. No, it's not your fault. It's my uh, this stupid virus or whatever the hell's going on with me. Um, so this game came like on the heels after Kotor, where Bioware wanted to make their own IP that was like a space story. Um, cause KOTOR it, for, if anyone listening somehow doesn't know what that is, it is a star Wars property. Um, so they wanted to make something that was like kind of in the same vein, but the also Wars. entirely different. Um, and so they spent a lot of time like developing the alien races and stuff. And, uh, Casey Hudson becomes like the director for all three of the games. So it has like a pretty unifying like kind of journey through oh, okay. all three of these games um there is big differences though like mass effect one um feels very different to mass effect 2 mass effect 2 is a lot more of kind of like a heist action movie kind of feel to it sure um and then mass effect 3 feels more like a war game i guess uh <laughs> this one mass effect one is more like hey you get to know your neighbors like um it's set up like right after humanity found like this piece of technology that completely revolutionized like how they interact with space and like everything. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, they they go through like this fancy uh high-tech gate they found and accidentally start a war because guess what? Um <laughs> you're coming from like a part of space that uh was supposed to be kind of like very dangerous or something. Um so there's like some tensions going on with like the different races and humanity's kind of like a newcomer just like you the player are so it's kind of like a good way to ease you in to the world that's kind of been opening up um very ryan from the office uh, mm, what uh, <laughs> you guys don't also see your character as ryan from the office who is that yeah, I the temp the office. oh the temp oh no, I'm, Novak? BJ Novak. I'm, I'm doing my character is BJ Novak, the uh, writer director of uh, whatever that podcast Vengeance. was. The, <laughs> Vengeance is what I was thinking of. That's so good. Yeah. There's uh, not to interrupt you too much, Roxy, but there is sort of a it's not it might even be a trope at this point of, you know, in like a pilot episode of like an ensemble cast introducing a new character that you can just as they're meeting people, you're sort of learning the world through their eyes. And that's sim- like. So that's why I made the comparison of like uh, humans and Shepard are the Ryan from the office of this world. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah. So we uh, like we were talking a lot about Mass Effect 2 uh, when we were talking about our like histories with the series. And yeah. like Roxy, tell me if you think this is like kind of a fair because you, you kind of qualified as like a heist action game uh, yeah. more than the first game. 
like Mass Effect One seems to be if I'm like sort of again I'm only like five to six hours in, but like if I'm like getting a good sense of it, it's like it is like it sets up what Mass Effect Two basically just does more of, which is like you're gonna like this game you get like I don't know six party members in Mass Effect Two you're gonna get like. 11 12 party members you know what i mean like and and yeah. like uh yeah and like the option variety of like places you're gonna go you're gonna get more it's like more of the same but it's like more of what you like kind of want from the game which is yeah. like interesting that like yeah you kind of like get into the shallow end with this game it seems like where you're gonna get into the deep end with all this stuff in the second game yeah i think with like the budget and the limitations what they had at the time too um they were, like, doing as much as they could within the framework that they had and, like, seeing what worked and what didn't. Um, and I kind of, like, offhandedly said something about how, like, well, Fox News definitely thinks this game is an M-rated game because mm-hmm. they did, like, literally a hit piece story about how they thought this game was, like, a sex simulator. Right. <laughs> um, Which actually, like... It's not. Which is how yeah. I play it. Which it affected some the of the longest things sex simulator. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> takes forever. <laughs> Constantly edging. Um, which it ended up impacting some choices they made in Mass Effect Two, which makes there be like no gay romances, which is something they were planning to uh, do. Yeah, and they didn't get to do because Bioware was like, "Oh, we have to be more conservative about our choices here." So like, mm. they were able to do a lot of really cool things in Two while also being kind of like. Hamstrung by some stupid things, and I can only imagine what went on behind the scenes in three. But like, one has this kind of openness of potential of like it could kind of go anywhere by the time, uh, yeah, it's done in a way that is like very compelling and cool. Um, I think three like, adds gay romances. I mean, that was the yes, thing. That does. was one of the things that yeah it did. And like, it, yeah, Liara. And the like reason the... you didn't like it. <laughs> it's the reason I protested it. <laughs> oh no. The uh, Asari are like monogender, but they all look like like female women, like human women. Um, mm-hmm. So like technically, Liara, I guess, is a gay romance, like for Femshep from the outset. But like she's the only one who's allowed to be. I guess. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the thing I like so much about Mass Effect in general is like the again, the party members, like getting to know yes. your friends, like like collecting yeah. all of your buddies. And you get is... to know their cultures through yeah. them, too, which makes them mm. so interesting because you're new to this place. Yeah, this is like one of the few games where I mean, I don't think you really can skip. You can avoid dialogue uh, if you just don't talk to people, but you can't really skip through dialogue as you're going through conversations. And I, I wouldn't even if I could. It's like one of those things where it's like everyone is so interesting in it. Everyone is so compelling. Everyone's written so well. As someone who just played like. 25 hours of Starfield or 30 hours of Starfield last year. I'm like, this is what that game is just missing a hundred percent of, which is just like interesting people you're running into Mm -hmm. constantly. Like the doctor on the Normandy, who's not even a main character, a side, nothing character. I'm like, what's your deal lady? I want to know everything. Yeah. I think also having Shepard have like some loose framework where you get to choose. I mean, we'll talk more about it in detail, but, um, having like a place in the universe already instead of just being like, you know, a mute character, like the yeah. voice acting and everything. Like you feel like you're a part of the universe, which is really important to making you feel like invested. And like, you're a part of the conversations when you're contributing to them in dialogue. Yeah. I really Shit. liked the, yeah. Sorry. Just creating the character. I, I really liked creating that backstory and stuff. It does make it feel like you're entering into 
a character that's already existed in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. I have a follow-up about that. Mm-hmm. Did you like it this time or the first time? <laughs> I had no problem with creating a character the first time, for the mm. record. Okay. So apparently it, Nick's going to be on the stand this whole time. <laughs> One other thing I would like to add, especially to KOTOR fans, is that there is kind of like a dark and light side sort of like morality choices you get to make in this game. Just Paragon and Renegade, which would have been like what? Sith and Jedi? Jedi? Jedi. Jedi? Yep. Yeah, in the previous game. So like it will affect what choices are available to you. Mm. Um, And it's definitely like a holdover from uh, KOTOR, uh, which is kind of an interesting thing. (laughs) Real quick, is there uh, any kind of like taxonomy as to like which choices lead where? Like I was kind of noticing that like in the circle wheel, the lowest choice tended to be the meanest. Is that... But there's mm-hmm. also, and I'm I'm very self-conscious about this. I feel like this is like, you guys ever notice Die Hard's kind of a Christmas movie level of observation? <laughs> <laughs> like, a lot of times the the text dialogue option is very different from what Shepard says when yes. I click it. And yeah. that, okay, let, let's talk, let, let's spend some time, time, time on this for a second, because I feel like this is what the game is like. Felt also like I was known going for. crazy. Mm. Yeah. My like, caller, I felt like I was going crazy when right? I was clicking it, and then... <laughs> He yeah. was saying something different. I was like, that's not what I clicked. And I, I and I'll say that. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that. I think that I because th- it, it also doesn't cap it's not like the dialogue also cap well, it's not exactly what he says, but it captures the spirit of it. It doesn't capture the spirit of it a lot of times. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like 80% captures the spirit, but then the 20% that it's off, I'm like, uh-oh. Yeah. Did yeah. I just make it my guy a like, racist? Yeah. It makes like, me scared to that. pick some choices where I'm like, I don't know what tone that's going to be. So I'm going to make sure I do the other one just mm. in case because that could be bad. Yeah. the I, It usually is that like the top right is Paragon. The bottom right is Renegade. And then the middle is usually just neutral. You're, you're getting through it. You're clicking through okay. the dialogue. You're not making yeah. uh but then you, ha- Sometimes you will it have might give you points maybe to like either side yeah, I'm I'm right sure. into the microphone. <laughs> they the the top right will give you paragon points if you if you mm-hmm. click that the whole way through a di- dialogue option you'll get like x amount of paragon points but okay. then they'll give you like blue and red like like definitive paragon mm-hmm. and that's the top left and bottom left options got it have you seen and those yet able- where there'll be grayed out yeah. options like you can't I don't know that I have. I don't think I have. I don't think I've seen that. It's it's it for for reference. It's just like all of the uh uh uh, sorry the uh, Fallout games or the whatever what are those called the Bethesda Kirby yeah Kirby's games. It's all it's just like the Kirby's games. No, it's just like the Bethesda games. If you've ever played a Skyrim or a Fallout, it's the same way. Where like you have to put experience points into your ability to communicate so that you can mm. get these other dialogue options oh yeah yeah yeah. i, I always uh, invest in charm you could yeah. do intimidate if you want to do renegade but i always am like i want every single option available to me yeah. so i'm always i have i have office uh, my one level up has so far gone completely into charm which is i think is just how i play these kinds of games i just want to be a, it's smart too because i think charm guy. if i'm not mistaken roxy also maybe correct me if i'm wrong we like, like to call riz now yeah, it's 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 uh the forbidden riz. Yeah, the forbidden riz options also give you like the uh I feel like it presents you with an alternative 
Paragon option that sometimes feels better in the long run. For example, mm. like I was in a mission where the uh, the Paragon option was to like kill these people, and the Renegade option was to be like uh, align with them. But then the third option that was grayed out to me was like you're not going to kill them or align with them. You're going to convince them to like join your side or something. Mm. It's like it's like mm. a third like oh. better like more. Uh, uh, more aligned with what we what you might actually probably do in that situation if you mm. could, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'm super into that. That's like th- this is the kind of thing that makes me want to play the game more, knowing that those options are in there. It's the reason that I've been so into Baldur's Gate three this last year. I love, I always love playing a character who can talk their way out of situations. It's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, and there's and there's uh, I I would say uh, like Baldur's Gate has like the a, a very like a elevated expression of this. This is like a very baby's first one of those. I think mm-hmm. like it's not. It's very clear what all the options are going to kind of do for you. Basically, mm-hmm. um, it's not as intense. I think as like a Baldur's Gate, but th- that's for me kind of good because I don't play a lot of games like this with a lot of choice and stuff. So I, I always relish in it when I'm playing these ones. Yeah, when when I think about this series and specifically what this game did, it's obviously not the first even in like a even from bioware to give you these choice based options that will you know let you actually role play and affect things down the road close off certain options to open up other ones you know there's choices you make in this first game that like if they can affect your play in later ones like with specific party members that we'll probably we'll get into as we go along on this journey and Mm -hmm. i'll be interested to see how we how we all choose but the, i just think of this game and series as from bioware is helping popularize this sort of style of game it's not quite dungeons and dragons just in the format obviously it's a it's a sci-fi setting as opposed to fantasy but what i was i was really curious to hear from nick and nick already hit on it about you know loving Baldur's Gate 3, and just seeing some, I don't know, early hints of those elements in here. Um, so I will say that Bioware made Baldur's Gate 1 and 2. That's right. So, what? Yeah, and then Dragon Age is kind of their answer to making their own IP that is very Dungeons & Dragons-esque, and especially uh, Dragon Age Origins. I think if you guys like Baldur's Gate, I highly recommend you play Dragon Age Origins, which okay. I don't know why they're not doing like the legendary edition treatment to the three Dragon Age games, because that also seems like a slam dunk since the fourth game is coming out uh, in the next few years. Um, they're working on it. But uh, yeah, maybe fingers crossed we'll get a remastered version of that, too. I think I said this on Video Games, a comedy show, but the thing that stopped me the most from playing Mass Effect 1 was be- thinking like, this isn't Star Wars <laughs> when wanting to play more Star Wars. Sure. <laughs> Hearing that this game is more like Star Trek, which admittedly, not a huge fan of. Uh, didn't like, We can all agree we hate Star it. Trek, right? <laughs> yeah. Is everyone here like anti Star Trek? I think it should be thrown. Oh, everyone's I like raising it both just their hands. My prime directive? Like, not no, watch no, no, that I'm show. just stretching, Connor. <laughs> not raising my hands. I'm just, you know, I want to stay diplomatic. Julie, where would you rank Star Trek? 10 out of 10, but I'm staying <laughs> diplomatic. <laughs> well, it's funny that like I've heard several people reference this as like a Star Trek-like because I've also heard people in the past uh, reference it as more 
actually more Star Wars. Like, I think as a, it is, especially like opera. the direct influence of having done KOTOR first. It feels even more mm -hmm. like that. I mean, I, I think the reason it feels more Star Trek-y, and this is something I like as not a huge Star Trek fan. It's something I remember hearing specifically around like the second Star Trek movie. Because the like the uh, the the second J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie was that that mm -hmm. felt like a Star Wars movie because it was big yeah. and bombastic and like uh, uh, action packed and they were flying and zooming around and then the second uh, Star Trek movie has this like prolonged debate about the moral ramifications of nuclear weapons yeah. and like that's oh. my understanding of Star Trek it's it's this conversational. Uh, reaching across the galaxy, getting to know people, like bringing civilizations together that Mass Effect is really, really hitting that I don't think certainly KOTOR did. And I think that mm. Star Wars is kind of a little uninterested in. That's more that, pulp action. That's absolutely right. Yeah, Star. Yeah. It, this game has, I think you could argue this game is definitely like a Star Wars game, but it's also so much a Star Trek game. I mean, the, the Normandy and the Enterprise are like one-to-one -one things. You have a yeah. whole crew at your disposal. Like, and the idea that one of the uh, verbs of the game is like learning about mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. what each race and species is and does is another thing that Star Wars is not really interested in. Like it's not teaching you about the culture of the Jawas, really. It's like <laughs> it's like using them as comedy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think what my takeaway here is that this game's mommy is Star Trek and yeah. its daddy is Star Wars. I'm very comfortable there with that. Go. as like and, a, the, and the daddy is present, but could be more. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> so he checks in after work, but he's right. definitely a worker. You get a month with your daddy in the summer. Yeah. And that's Nick, Mass Effect. Were, Nick, were you going to share something, bud? Oh, I was... You guys all beat me to my point. Just that I, I think of Star Trek as more about the moral quandaries and... Uh, talking your way out of solutions and thinking about the solution, whereas Star Wars uh, tends to be a little more shoot 'em up. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. We have to fly away through the chasm of junk on Tatooine. <laughs> it's yeah. like the answer to most problems in Star Wars. Right. And I think yeah. the truth about Star Trek is like, and I mean, I hope I don't get too much hate for this, but they just don't make good games. Like they, the Star Trek mm -hmm. as a as a franchise doesn't really make a good game. It, it would make a good like strategy game maybe, but like an action game, I don't think so. Like that's a great point in terms of why this game feels so much like a Star Trek game because we don't have great Star Trek games. Yeah, and this like is hitting some of the beats that you feel like you're in control and you feel like you can help an alien learn more about his past in a way that <laughs> yeah. just, Star uh, Wars has had great games where you get to shoot things and fly things. Just the real quick to make another, <clears throat> since we're comparing it to Star Trek and Star Wars, Star Trek is really more about the moral quandaries and Star Wars is more about the moral Qui-Gon's. Ah, yes. <laughs> you know yes. what? Yeah. That's a stretch, but I like it. Thank you. Thank you're you. welcome. I like. And I have been stretching all morning. Me. Yeah, yes. it's a huge stretch, but it's I guess I understand. Um, that's why I named my character Qui Gon Shepherd. Ah, <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait till we talk about the names. Um, yes. in in the uh, interest of continuing us uh, to move along, unless someone has something else that like they think is vitally important to share about about this part, we've been in. Uh, of just Bioware getting into the game. I want to get into like the setting of the game and the world setting a little bit. Do it. Okay, yeah. cool. So um, I'm going to start to share too, but like Roxy and Jeremy and anybody who's a little more knowledgeable, feel free to jump in. But Mass Effect uh, is set within the Milky Way galaxy 
in the year 2183 where interstellar travel is possible through the use of mass transit devices called mass relays. Uh, this is something that like we you, you see quite early in the game and that you're going to be using throughout to travel um, to different galaxies. Um, so uh, this technology is believed to have been built by an extinct alien race known as the Protheans. Uh, this is like we continue to get into this stuff uh, as well as we go in through the game. Um, the term mass effect is defined as a form of mass negating technology, allowing the creation of physics phenomena like artificial gravity or FTL travel, uh, FTL standing for faster Ask than light. light. <laughs> now, this is at the beginning of this game, too, is, you know, I think that it's OK if our setting sort of starts to bleed into like the opening like uh, text and stuff that we get. Um, but the beginning of the game sort of sets all of this up. Uh, for us and gives us this information humans as roxy was saying earlier are sort of new to the not necessarily this this world or this this galaxy but they are new to sort of like finding themselves in like leadership um yeah like as part of the galactic community essentially like all these other races have known each other for like thousands of years or something, and you just popped up like fifty years ago. They're like, "What the fuck is that?" Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. I was a little confused as to when the like we're like fifty years away, so we're like a generation. Like if, if it was us They're today, about. it would be like my grandfather was there for first contact. That's kind so, of so yeah. One of the one of the characters on the ship talks about it, and then I think even uh, Anderson was involved in it. So maybe fifty years is too too much. Um, Okay. But like, yeah, I think the war with the Turians was like maybe four, four, or eight years, I think. Um, and okay. then since then, it's been like trying to kind of find our place in in the uh, galactic community with everybody else. Yeah, we're scumbags. Lights yeah. up, we're scumbags. <laughs> I I would say humanity is like in its sophomore year. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's not think, new, but now we like are really arrogant and think we know our place. We're like yeah, the Volus. <laughs> one of the big things that they talk about later too is that, that a character like, from the office. Yeah, he's oh. a, also a temp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what were we saying, Rox? Um, it, it, we'll get more into it later, but basically like we're kind of, humans are seen as sort of like an intimidating force because of how fast we've evolved and like ingratiated ourselves and like mm -hmm. what we've done compared to every other race, like especially the longer lived ones that take like mm. forever to do stuff. Uh, so they're kind of like, like Mikey was saying, your sophomore, you're a little bit cocky. There's sort of a reason to be cocky in a way. Um, well, we're the only ones who've invented art. <laughs> So as you go through, we're 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 making paintings. We created the office. Like we have yeah. found ways to make joy that other civilizations have not. Everyone in this universe is like, do you guys think that humans are kind of like that guy Ryan in the show? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you're talking you're talking about you know humans being um, so new and ingratiating themselves in in sort of like uh, society and leadership. Um, the there's like a collection there's a council the council that is at the citadel uh that functions as like the leadership sort of like of the organized bodies of the universe uh at least and humans i think are the only like 
species that are not represented at this time on so that they have they have like a uh ambassador but they're not one of the council races like the council races are the ones that have more pull they're allowed to have specters which are essentially like cops that can do whatever the fuck they want cia mm -hmm. or whatever um but they want to be on there so like every other race has had to prove themselves with some big thing like turians are the newest ones because during one of the wars they like supplied a lot of military strength so that kind of like earned them a spot like uh and every other race i think has had to do that so it's like a big deal like the little volus guys they want a spot too they haven't been able to do anything to get on there yeah um, but they're scumbags <laughs> are no volus like there's a the, there's like, a lot of races that are not part of yeah. the big there's like three only three and then there's a ton more that are like us that are oh, just it's, yeah, running it's like around turian or krogan's represented or no krogan's are not no, no krogan's are like also invented by one of the big three i think right they were uplifted and before they were really ready to be Wow. Um, what about Kroger's? Yeah. Yeah. Get some Kroger's discount food. <laughs> you know, Kroger and Ralph's are at the same grocery store. I, I was uh, this, this many years hurt. old when I found that out. <laughs> I kind of see this game as like uh, more of a Kroger than a Ralph um, yeah. uh, style game. Um, I think also, like, we'll talk more about this when we get to the Citadel. Like, I think uh, we've got like. Right now, we're just on the Normandy. We know that we're doing, yes. like, a mission for someone who works for the council is, cool. like, also involved. Great. Um, so, if, if from your perspective, you're like, okay, there's not really any additional, like, context we should set up about the world quite yet. Not we, exactly. They kind of piece it to us. Yeah, like, uh, I guess, should we go over character creation? Like, what Let's we get into it. first? Yeah. Or, like, the universe? I wasn't sure which we wanted to dip into this first. Yeah. thirsty for. I want to know what you guys are playing as and doing. <laughs> Don't they, do, do, do they, do you begin with the character or the, like, background choices? The uh, background choices, I think. Yeah, yeah, unless you want to do, like, a quick start or something, which I'm sure none of us did i yes. did i kind of oh. did <laughs> i i'm i'll be quick i'm jane doe uh j or jane shepherd or whatever like basic like apps like this person in my <clears throat> wallpaper right now the like just the Femship. stock stock i chose Femship. that design too i love her design that's like the design i probably would have chosen if i had the option anyways because i think she's cool but like did you do a different background at all or anything i didn't I, I i kind of even i'm like why doesn't yeah that now that we know that's what i did someone else go because i want to hear what are these backgrounds i didn't even <laughs> see them i i went a half notch above that in that i went through and looked through all the options and all the face changes i could make and ultimately just decided it was like no i want to be this big space lunkhead so i'm uh I'm the other guy in Jeremy's background picture. I am the default yeah. looking shepherd. But okay. I did choose I did choose my backgrounds. I am a spacer. I'm following in my parents' footsteps. I'm a war hero. I'm full of bravery and heroism. I saved a whole planet. Uh and then yeah, I like I said I went through and looked through all of the face options, but like they they didn't feel canon to me. Like I've seen this guy on the Mass Effect boxes for so long i did want to play as a dude this time because i want to play him as just like a big lunkhead who like <laughs> is proud of himself for what he did in the war it's like well i am kind of here a hero i'm sort of the best humanity has to offer and i i like my guy so far his name is safsprin shepherd safsprin sounds uh, like he, a oh. an allergy medication he is he is named after a medication <laughs> from resident evil 3 oh my what? gosh <laughs> 
I love that, McCaller. Of course. <laughs> I um, did Femship, um, which I, I almost always play as the lady character if there was an option. Uh, I don't know why, but I part of it is that I heard this version is voiced by Jennifer Hale, right? Yeah, yes. she does a great job. Jennifer Hale's awesome. And I'd heard that the male voice acting was maybe not quite as good. Uh, it's definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like I, sillier and blunter. That, I will say this. When these games were coming out, that was not the take. It That might be mm. the new revisionist take of it, but like at the time, really? it was like Fem Shep's like not a good like not a good option. Mm. Male Shep is the way to go because of specifically the voice acting. And that seems uh, like oh, a I gamer did not take. know that. Yeah, that seems yeah. like a two thousand seven. That a Gamergate take, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> Jennifer Hale's um a, such a good voice actress. She's also Bastila Sean from oh, Kotor. Yeah. Um and Carthonassi is in it too. You hear his voice right at the Yeah, start. I think he's Caden. Yes. I yeah. I mean Jennifer Hill, not to get too off track, but she might be the most legendary video game voice actor. Mm. She's like, incredible. She is. So, She's definitely up there, yeah. Um anyway, Nick, you you went with FemShep. Did you do any do you remember any background choices or did you just do basic? Um, yeah. Should I like say the, the background choices we have to choose from so everyone knows what the other options are? Sure. Or? Yeah. Oh, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like your pre-service history choices are spacer, which is following in your parents' footsteps, colonist, which you were on a colony as like a normal person or earthborn, or you were kind of a criminal maybe <laughs> growing up. Um, and we're stuck on Earth, which apparently there's megacities, which we never see. Like um, a and then, street urchin orphan. Yeah, basically. there you go. And then your psychological profile is Soul Survivor, which was... A survivor of a deadly attack that killed all your troops and you're the last one left. Yeah, you've got like PTSD, essentially. <laughs> um, And then the war hero one where you kind of like put your own neck on the line to save a bunch of people and it ended up working out. And you're then Ruthless... Welcome is uh you're kind of like cold calculating and brutal and people call on you to like just get shit done no questions asked sort of the cleaner yeah now i went custom and i started her off as a colonizer um that's the option, right? Uh, <laughs> it's call it's not colonizer <laughs> to be fair it's How? colonist and here's here's the thing cuz nick i chose this as well yeah. And here's when I was creating my character, I was trying to like create someone that could maybe have like an arc through this story. Uh -huh. So I went with the colonist, which it says specifically, you were born and raised on a uh, mid uh, Mindoyer, a small border colony in the Attican Traverse. When you were 16 uh, years old, slavers raided mid Mindoyer. Uh, slaughtering your family and friends and you were saved by a passing alliance patrol and you enlisted in the military a few years later so you're not someone colonizing but you just like i was like oh it'd be interesting to be someone who grew up in a colony mm -hmm. uh, who's from that and to see what changes they could go through i wonder if we picked the same choices both times then because i sort of had a similar thought so again same thing oh uh, i bet we did then and my character's <laughs> name by the way is nikki shepherd and it's spelled <laughs> n-i-c-k-k-i that. that's um, cute so uh i'm a colonizer and then i uh, went on to become a Honest. soul survivor oh because oh, i thought okay. i could do war hero 
but I don't really want that to have happened off screen. If I'm going to have the war hero journey, I'd like it to happen in game. And so I thought maybe this is more like an alien sort of situation. I'm Mm. the Ripley. I survived something scary. I'm going to isolate next thing. I'm a colonizer. Yeah. Repeatedly. (laughs) Uh, that's interesting. Um, and, and Nick, with your character, did you just go like the base look as far as the features go for FemShep? No, I'm a raven-haired beauty. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Green oh, eyes. No. Yeah. Well, while we're here too, true. and I, I want to hear like if anybody else, because like, I want to share specifically a little more background of my character and creating, creating him. Um, Ooh. But any thoughts about just like the character sliders or these choices for your background from anybody? It was Um, hard to make the character visually appealing when I went to custom. (laughs) They didn't really update that. Like they didn't import any of the tips and tricks that they've learned throughout the years. It's just the Mm. same thing, but a little bit more up res, which like, man, like since this has come out, the Dragon Age Inquisition uh, character creator in particular has like really great uh custom sliders and stuff mm-hmm. um and so instead of like importing that they just like use the same thing with a new coat of paint on it yeah felt uh like felt limited but i'll say like the limit the limitations of the choices uh on all these options uh weren't necessarily what bugged me the most i think what actually bugged me about creating this character was that i would like find a feature and want to be like, okay, I think that's what I want, but I also like July, want to look through everything. And then I'd be like, okay, I think that one that I enjoyed is the one I want to go with. And getting back to it was impossible unless uh, because you they don't number it or like indicate that it yeah, has like right. has like a a corresponding digit. So you're like, I think this is where I was when you slide back to the right nose you want or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. So like, it, it, it's hard to like, and this is something I'm kind of realizing I like about this game a lot. Uh, I remember hearing Orson Welles one time talk about not liking Citizen Kane because it felt like it was so much bric-a-brac that it was just like big thing, big thing. Even like the dialogue was like, here's a chunk of dialogue. Here's a chunk of things. It feels like that's what these faces are. Here's an eye. Here's a nose. Yeah, here's a scar. And it doesn't unify, but I almost like that. It's like by these like stark combinations it really starts to create something very interesting it's sort of the vibe i get from the conversations it feels like people aren't having flowing conversations it's like somebody's saying a kind of insane thing and you're saying a kind of insane thing and together these things are forming a brick wall where you can see the divisions between them but it feels big and sturdy and and interesting but you're you're very right that's why eventually halfway through i was just like screw this i'm just gonna make the guy from the box yeah i feel you i i definitely still Click through and, and was specific. Um, I, I'm i also like Nick, a colonist. Uh, I'll make that <laughs> distinction. Um, and at this point, I'm, I'm 90% sure looking at these three options that I chose to be ruthless. Uh, and the way that they describe this oh. is throughout your military career, you have held fast to one basic rule. Get the job done. Ooh. Uh, it says you, you've been cold, calculating, and brutal. Your reputation for ruthless efficiency uh, makes your fellow soldiers wary of you. But when failure is not an option, the military always goes to you first. Uh, 
So I don't know. I may have like sort of painted myself in a corner by my choices already <laughs> as far as my options, but we'll see. I um, chose the same ones as you. I you did? Yeah. Oh, I, <clears throat> I, I'll give you the reasons why I did that is because Spacer sounded to me like you're coming from a place of privilege as a character, your character. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then the other two felt more like the underdog choices to me. Sure. Mm hmm. Just it's, different versions of that, yeah. Yeah. July, are you more of like an underdog? Do you like root for the underdog often? Or are you more like rooting for the pe people who have privilege? Well, I'd rather not explicitly say yeah. what I, I think they're good options. Like how would you rank people work. with privilege? 10 out of 10, but I'm not <laughs> going to explicitly say what I think. Uh-huh. Because uh, again, those are just numbers. The right. ranking system is just right. numbers. It's just fake, but it's a good way to know where you stand. Yeah. So ruthless. Uh, also felt like oh, that's like a fun character uh, trait to see. It's, I wanted to see like how what my character's uh, dialogue options were going to yeah. be with that. I find that in these games too, which we'll get into way more as we play through the whole the, this whole campaign, that I. I think the first time I played it, I well, I, I was Femshep the first time. I was like, I'm going to do classic Femshep. I want to hear Jennifer Hale. And I was sort of role-playing it, though, like the choices I personally would make or thought were like best to be the best leader and all that jazz. Um, but now I'm trying to like role-play this character specifically. So my guy is named uh, Chase Shepard. Um <laughs> It sounds like a new age kid's name that, you know, you hear Chase like... Lounge Shepherd. Yeah, exactly. Is, is that uh, what it is? It's like Chase, but with a shush at the front? It's like, it's like Trace, but with an SH. Got Chaz. Okay. Yeah. Chaz Shepherd. Uh, but it should be fun. I, I actually had fun creating the character despite the limitations. Um, and so I'm sort of starting this game at least as like a sort of uh, hard ass like not doesn't have like a lot of like empathy character that i don't know maybe we'll see undergo some changes uh oh, Honor, you're okay. kind of already touching it i was going to ask everybody else if the you Grinch all shark. had like a vibe that you were going for with your character if there was like if you're going to role play as a certain type of uh shepherd or if you're going to play it straight i really thought about doing the ruthless option but i just Double down on misery of like a Lars von Trier backstory. <laughs> my entire family got murdered, and then so did all my crew. And I'm just trying to make the right decision, you know. Mm -hmm. You're trying to I get on Instagram and see if anyone will marry you. Yeah, in real life. And then I don't know yeah. what the character is going to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anybody else? July? Um, I mean, you kind of were talking about yours a bit, but anybody oh, yeah, else? Yeah, yeah. Character, yeah. my character's name. I try. I didn't. This is before I. I guess it. You can't give it a full first and last name. You're just yeah, your shepherd just is your stock yeah. Last so name. everyone will audibly call you shepherd. shepherd. No one yes, which is a very like your first name. Pretty clever way of getting around that. It's just like, oh, doesn't matter what your first name. We're going to be calling you shepherd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even <laughs> like your best friends call you by your last name. Yeah, yeah, even your lovers. <laughs> yeah. So which I, I like. You guys all call me oh. McCaller, and I. Oh really yeah, love it. It would have been neat <laughs> if, really like, great. maybe if you yeah. kept the stock name or something that they had had something for that. Like, I know oh, Fallout sure. did some right. things like that, but uh, yeah, nothing like that. So I tried fitting the full name Leon S. Kennedy. It wouldn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> so I put uh, my character's name is Leon S. 
shepherd and the s in my mind it stands for space space okay Okay. which sounds like chase which is my character yes it was definitely you know inspired by that i didn't know you named your character that but i just had a feeling that i also like to find a leon haircut like i haven't gone so no i was trying to like see if i could even make him look (laughs) that way and i couldn't so i just went for like i made him an older kind of brutish uh white haired uh mm. oh clean, clean cut silver, silver fox. fox silver fox <laughs> yes is there anything to say that this couldn't be the leon we know from resident evil 2 just far in the future nothing there's nothing we could say it's if not he that. gains <laughs> if he gains like purple violet eyes then yes that feels like a science fiction thing that happens to you after a yeah. while some bionic yeah. implants for sure just like the queen of dragons <laughs> What? Like that. In the, in the books. <laughs> in the Game of Thrones books. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Does she have... gain purple eyes? She has purple eyes. She has purple eyes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, anybody else have anything to share about the character creator itself or what you did personally? I do um, want to mention the text crawl that you mentioned like that gives you the information. So that did feel very Star Trek to me if it was like big yellow block text and it was sort of flying off into space that would feel very star wars to me like a a a vanishing point yes yes (laughs) the background yeah anyway that's it rocks were you gonna say something too oh yeah i didn't really talk about mine i think i just kind of like chimed in to be like i chose similar options to you guys um and stuff like i chose the stock femship look because i like it and it's great that like they came up with that in mass effect 3 it took them that long to get like a Kind of like look for their other gendered lead. Um, but so it's great that she's in uh, both of the other games now too. So you can play it consistently. Um, but yeah, I also chose Colonist because I think the underdog story is always kind of fun. And it feels like there's more of a reason to join the military, I guess. You get sort of inspired by the people who saved you. So sure. it felt like it made more sense when then you're in it. Um, And I also chose War Hero because I was like, well, you're starting off as like someone who's pretty cool and accomplished already, I guess. So that seemed like the most direct one to be like, oh, that's why I've been chosen to be part of this was kind of my thinking. Totally. And Um, Roxy, you've played this game a bunch. Are you going to do anything differently this playthrough, like with how you play your character? I could, but I don't think so. I think I'm just going to kind of like play it um, kind of how I played it in the past. uh, As you. Like the choices you would make. Yeah, yeah. Or kind of like the choice that I would make, I think, yeah. Awesome. I've never been able to do the renegade choices. I was wondering if like maybe one of us was going to be like, yeah, I'm just going to be a hardcore like renegade Uh, asshole run. (laughs) Why not? The only thing I'm concerned about is like blocking myself out of like options that I want to carry with me into the next game. So I will probably, and this is the frustrating thing about this game maybe is that like, I'm going to have to look those up, I think in advance because I'll want as much Paragon as I need to like keep every, you know, isn't that like part of like how they make choices is like how much Renegade you are versus how much Paragon you are. Um, I think there is like a point system on the bars. Um, there is kind of like the Paragade or Renegon thing where you can sort of be like 50, 50 in a way and have like a lot of points in either. So maybe you can make a lot of different choices. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, like, what I would like, ultimately, is to be able to play this game, like, free of that um, 
like free of like doing it intentionally rather I'm like picking dialogue options I want like in the mm-hmm. moment. So sometimes I'm doing a renegade option cause I'm like, fuck this cop. I don't want to align with him. Even though the game is like Paragon says you should. A lot of Paragon options Different are time, pro military, pro cop. They're like, which you love, which Some I typically love. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean in the opening four hours of the game, Every time I did a Paragon option, it seemed to be like, you shouldn't do this because it's against the law. And it's like, ugh, that's, I get it, but it's not what I would do. Um, so, yeah, I think I, that's where maybe like Shepard's background and like you are part of the military. So it's like yeah. you wouldn't be in the military if you didn't agree with what they were doing, I guess. So there totally. is going to be like some of that. And yeah. like that will change later in other games and other things you get to do when this game can go up. Uh, off the rails in a good way um yeah in terms of that but uh yeah especially at the beginning it's very much like yeah human military recognize how cool we are guys <laughs> yeah so I, mo- I mostly do paragon options with every once in a while i just can't suffer it and i'm like i'm gonna do renegade here because it just doesn't even make sense why would i care that this like like horrible person got murdered <laughs> like why <laughs> anyway i feel like i'm normally the type who will look stuff up and try to get like the best ending from the start. But for some reason this time, I think I'm just going to play this through pretty blind. Okay. Just I feel like there isn't anything that would like trick you or something where like making a choice that would like impact something in the later game or something that would make you upset. So you should be fine. The only thing I did on your suggestion, Roxy was pick soldier just because it seemed like kind of an easy start and i felt like i was a little worried about going into a game where i didn't totally understand the mechanics with a class type that i also didn't really understand Mm. the mechanics of yeah soldier is definitely like the easiest way to play mass effect one and um being on normal or easy difficulty in particular too you can just go through it at a leisurely pace gosh speaking of which i can't remember exactly the class i chose but i think i chose like someone that is good with long range weapons but has some of those like force powers a little bit i'm not like a full adept or whatnot but i've got maybe like a vanguard or something um because there's something I'll talk about in our episode two that uh, that's going to reveal why I did that. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, how about we get into the game a little bit before we wrap this episode up? Because there's not too much we're going to talk about. Um, when you come to uh, – well, when the game begins, you know, you of course, you get the text crawl like we, like we discussed, setting the scene for what's going on in the universe that the humans are sort of – uh, you know, the young upstarts in a way, the Ryan Howards. Um, and then uh, there's we a little bit know of, who you're talking about. Of course, of course. And then we hear um, like Captain Anderson talking with uh, I don't remember if he's talking with Nihilus or if he's talking with like just himself or like the council. But he's they're talking, talking about to you. the human ambassador who is Udina, who is going to be someone you will get to know. Oh, yes, yes, better yes. or worse later. But also, Captain Anderson is voiced by Keith David. Yes. It's so awesome to hear him in this game. There's a lot of uh, wild celebrity casting choices in this. Um, Yeah. Including Joker. (laughs) Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I hate it. I have to be honest. 
I'm not loving that performance so far. <laughs> it was you could see why they made that choice in 2007. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. hot on the heels of whatever his action figure show is. Uh, uh, robot Family chicken. Guy. Yeah, robot chicken. Yeah. I think he was still kind of famous from Buffy at that yeah, time too. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and Family Guy and um, Idle Hands. <laughs> I like him. He seems like a good guy, but yeah, I found that distracting. And I had also just watched the first episode of Marvel's What If season two, where he plays Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. No. And he had played that role in the Guardians movies, but he only has like one line. And when he has extended dialogue, I, my roommate was like, Is that Chris Griffin? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Talking, of course, about Seth Green, but um, Captain Anderson is having. You know, this conversation about you, they're setting up like why – and I'm sure regardless of what choice you make, they're like, and that's why I think that, that Shepard is the right person for the job. Yeah, so I think they actually like directly reference your background. They do, yes. Uh, so you like get to see the choices you made immediately like, oh, okay, yeah, that's my spot in the world, huh? Totally. And, you know, even if that's just in them referencing it, it is a little bit of yeah, like – Yeah, their family was slaughtered. When they yeah. were 16 years old, they're the only person for the job. Yeah. yeah. You're on Instagram. You're trying to find a girlfriend. <laughs> Gosh, I wish this game did have like a social media interface. Uh, that just <laughs> really like spirals your productivity. Wait um, till the third game. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't there's even like three dead apps that they had integrated with the third game that no like you way. get you would get messages on your phone from characters from the game you could manage your like uh galaxy preparedness <laughs> score all this stuff it was wow wild. i wish i'd been playing it at the time because now that's like lost media um so you know the game sort of where do we go from here the game begins i think you're just like on the it, it, it that camera sort of pans over and we see your character's face looking out a window into space um and uh then you're just on the ship right interacting yeah. with characters you use the mass effect relay so you get to like see what that looks like mm-hmm. in motion and then they're just basically talking about the mission nihilus the guy who is a specter from the council is there yes uh, the so Turian. he's like a turian it's the first like alien you get to see um, and he's like relatively like cordial, but kind of blunt to you. And it's like, Definitely. okay, I'll talk to you in the back. And then you're like, let loose to talk to everybody. Dude, it's the funniest thing that happened at the very beginning of this game. Uh, Seth Green is like, <laughs> Hey, well, uh, I did, I did a cool piloting thing. Right. And Nihilus is just like, yes, the captain will be pleased. And he leaves and Seth Green's just like, I ain't that guy. Yeah. And he's kind of like, how do you feel about him? And then you're at my option is like, I hate him too, buddy. I'm like, yes, yes. Meanwhile, there's like romancing Joker (laughs) right off the bat. Hey, if you know what you want, go for it. (laughs) I do. It is funny that the other sort of like co-pilot is like defending Nihilus and is just acting as the other sort of the angel on your shoulder. He's kind of that. Like throughout the game, this is Caden, the other yeah. human companion. And oh, I forgot it's Caden. He'll only ever be Star Wars to me. Um, his voice is so distinct. Uh, I like just rattles around in my brain. But he's, uh, I'll shout out that actor. He's in two different Star Wars games. He also plays um, Scorch in Republic Commando, while wow. clone. A clone that they recently brought back in Disney Plus's The Bad Batch, but Whoa. recast the voice. Oh no! 
How could they? That's too rude. And they made it the standard clone voice, and it's so disappointing because oh, I would have yes. loved to hear him again. So, so we do meet Caden. I forget he. I forget here, and we'll continue to you know spend some time with him as well. But he's sort of like the way I would describe him from my memory was he's like the most milk toast sort of like <laughs> human, and he's one of the humans that can be in your party. I think there's two in this first game. There's not more than that, correct? Ashley and Caden. So yeah, it's just those humans. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Kate. Yeah. Are we talking about Caden and Ashley X? I, I don't. Have we met them yet? We no, met Caden. We, we met Caden. You can't really like say much to him. He's yeah. just like you should go talk to the commander. No. I didn't even realize you could meet Caden. Yeah, he's just sitting there yeah. next to Joker. I always forget reason. that he is also helping drive the ship, and he's not just someone who goes with you on your mission. Um, Got it. But yeah, you go, let's, I mean, you can go, you can explore the Normandy a little bit because you are walking around in this period. The, the captain radios Joker, doesn't he? I think, I think so. I, I have it written down and I remember saying this where like Joker says something that makes the captain mad and I got mad at Joker for it just because <laughs> I beat on oh, Seth yeah. Green. Um, mm. I am absolutely playing this game as a man baby. So mm-hmm. I, I said to Joker, I was like, you pissed the captain off and now I've got to go pay for it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I think it's like on an open call and he's just like whining about how Nihilus didn't give him a good enough compliment yeah. for like doing shit. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, okay, this guy yeah. you just met, like, why do you care? It's, My character's I, reaction is always going to be, how did this affect me? <laughs> how yeah. did what you just did affect me? I'm a... Uh... I'm like, it's it's going to be interesting, I think, doing this whole games club. Like, kind of, I keep finding myself wanting to talk about the the later games, but mm. it's like, that's not good. Because, like, that'll spoil it for you guys if I, like, say anything. And also, yeah. it's, like, not really important to this no games spoilers. club. But I'm, like, cause I'm, but I'm like, oh, yeah, how do I take Mass Effect 1 Ten years later, at face value, like it's mm. like it's like a whoa. It's it's kind of strange. I don't know, Roxy, if you feel like similarly, but it is like there are things that I know from later games that I'm just like wanting mm. to like. Oh, but that's interesting because of this thing later, and then it's like, uh-huh. oh wait, no, I can't. That doesn't yeah. exist yet, you know. I think it is Did one you- of those things like where you know some of these choices, like how they're gonna hit down the line so like i'm gonna do my best to not talk about those things so you guys will be like kept kind of fresh and it won't influence your choices but it's gonna be neat to see what you guys choose outside of that sort of knowledge can you Um, jeremy and roxy like write down these observations and like send them in uh dated letters yes like we'll know Uh that you had these observations (laughs) in the moment but then when we can open them later and read when you're all playing you'll be like wow yeah I I want to talk about everyone here is playing the remaster, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. One thing yeah. that I have noticed that is bothering me is like the high res character models eyes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Everyone's mm-hmm. kind of a little bit like off put by Shepard is an exception. Yeah. Yeah. Shepard is fine. And I think all of the main characters are pretty fine, but like it's all of the side characters. uh, All of the alien races are, are good, but it's the, it's the human, even like um, it's the humans where it looks like their bottom eyelid is like, almost clipping into their eye a little bit or something. There's something weird going on with their eyes. There's, where like, like, a, there's like a shadow, like almost like yeah. the eyes are 
set slightly too far back. So yeah, there's like there's this kind of like bizarre a outline. Yeah. It's interesting and you like, say this. I actually changed the eyes on the character because I foresaw this bugging me. Like, oh, I was, really? I was specific on my eye color choice because I something was just a little off about it, and I think I yeah. changed the shape of the eye as well. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I, I'm. I know on Game Pass they have the original Mass Effect on mm. there, which I'm going to load up, and I want to just look Ooh, at it to see if. What the what if it's graphically different? Because if it's like, if I load up that 360 version and it looks obviously kind of like worse as a whole, but that it fixes that uncanny valley thing, uh-huh. I might just play the original version of it because yeah, it's like, because yeah. I don't know the consistency. It's got that weird thing of like when they upres an old PS1 game where like the backgrounds are like blurred, but the characters are like stunningly in HD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The other thing I'm noticing about the character models in this game, and I don't know if it's a remaster situation or not, the ears are all slightly too low on their head. <laughs> and it's kind of, like they teach you in art school that like really? your eyes are the exact line of your top of your ears and the bottom of your nose is the exact bottom of your ears. And they're all just like a half notch too low. And it's making me furious. I was watching <laughs> Captain, so the Captain talk and I was just like stomping around. I was like, yeah. make your ears better. Yeah. I'll get over it. Yeah, I think most of the custom designs, but like the first time you talk to a character or you have the ability to is like Presley, who is your navigator or whatever, and he can like kind of <laughs> talk to you. I, I was like, yeah, were his eyes like that in the original? I'm not sure. So <laughs> I do kind of want to boot up the original like Jeremy is talking about just to kind of see the difference. Yeah, I'd love um, to hear from you all who do boot that up because I, I remember even in 2021 um, feeling like that they could have done so much more to make this look so much better for this legacy collection. Like there are things that look, I don't think it looks like bad and all of the other changes they made make it like much more worth it to play this version of the game. Um, It's just like the only thing that I noticed that I was just kind of like, I don't know about that, but yeah, it's not a big of a deal for me. It doesn't look bad at all. Like as a, as a whole, but one of the issues is you spend so much time in close-ups of NPCs and other characters. So like, Mm -hmm. whereas I think the background graphics and the combat graphics and the aliens, all that looks so good and, and stunning. You have to interface with this one problem, which is eyes. And it's like, and it's like you have to interface with it over and over and over and over. And you're constantly reminded, like the eyes are back, the eyes are weird, the eyes are weird. So it's like that. It's like it's like that weird thing of like, oh, is the would it is the original better? I don't know. I'm gonna look at it. So Jeremy, you've like played ahead a bit, right? Like a couple more hours, so you've had more characters yes. than yes, just yes, yes, the yes. folks on the Normandy to kind of mm-hmm. like see this as mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's to taste too. Like it's not. It's not like every angle of a character doesn't look bad. It's sometimes just like when you have to talk to them in close-up facing camera. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a profile might look fine. And in and in gameplay, it might be okay. But in conversation, that's where you s- s- tend to see like... Can the you get an impression like, of what they look... Yeah, can you... Well, okay, yeah. So it's like it's like they're they're like tr- they're supposed to be looking straight at you, but they're kind of doing this. And they're yes. kind of like their eyes are kind of mm-hmm. going like... 
like oh <laughs> like a little like like not that dramatic but like you know what i'm saying like i'm disturbed looking at what you're doing <laughs> i have my fingers look like as if they're the yeah, I'm beginning to think maybe you're missing an update or something i don't <laughs> yeah, know if we're talking about yeah you're you're waggling them around as though you're like a looney tune who just got bonked with a hammer that's yes. sometimes what they can look but like I, like that is like kind of that, what is happening yeah or like yeah. the animated wolf that sees like a sexy lady <laughs> it's not that extreme or that intense and like Taroxy, to your point it isn't bothering me like i'm gonna shut this off or i can't deal it's like it is just that thing of like oh okay this is i'm reminded this is an old game every time i jump into this yeah. close up you know it's kind of like the experience we had not all of us were on this but when we did an episode about alan wake and yes. we playing oh, the remastered yes. versus yes. the original which came out like one maybe the same year as this exactly uh, a few years later but i mean similar thing you're talking about though yeah, it's exactly like, the same were the think. eyes like that too and then yeah they're like, <laughs> yeah they look <laughs> doing loop to loops yeah um but i think it is one of those things that's noticeable um as people who have played the original but i'd be interested to hear if like you guys even noticed it i guess i didn't period. notice it yeah okay good. Not, yeah. not really good. i just uh i was looking elsewhere but the eyes i'll just say that okay, oh, okay. hey my hey. eyes are down yeah. here apparently <laughs> shoulders um, yeah. so uh just in the interest of you know of getting us out of here pretty soon um all that really happens between, you know, you you actually taking control of your shepherd and to the end of the episode is that you have a conversation with uh, with Nihilus, of course. And like I think Roxy or someone was saying, he's a little bit prickly. He's not necessarily um, kind of it's more like, OK, so you can talk to like Dr. Chakwas, as uh, yes. Jeremy was mentioning earlier. And she's with a guy called Jenkins who is like ready and raring to go. And he's like, oh boy, Commander Shepard, I can't wait to go on this mission with you. Yes. Oh my Jenkins. God, yeah. I yeah. was chiding that boy. I was like, yeah. you gotta stop talking about going to war. It's yeah. not fun. And it's he's like right next to like trooper. the team doctor who is like, who has to like fix you if you get hurt out there, buddy? Like, what? <laughs> Stop being so excited about this. And then you have uh, Navigator Presley who like talks a bit about the first contact war to give you like some context for kind of like why maybe some humans might not like Turians and why Turians might not like some humans. Mm -hmm. He says, um, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> he, he's a distant descendant of uh, the king. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, um, but so you can like completely skip those conversations, but they mm -hmm. do give you like a little more context. And then when you talk to Nihilus, he's actually like kind of on your side from the get-go like he suggested you for this mission apparently <laughs> and you're like wait okay cool my new best friend who thinks i'm like gonna do rad at this and yeah. uh Maybe. they give they give a little context like he's a specter who is like cia operative who answers to no one essentially other than the council um and they're like considering you for that which is like yes. not been done before. Uh, there is no human specter because there is no human on the council. Yeah, so it's kind of like ooh, some big political things maybe. Totally. Yeah. Before that. Of, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah, they're setting up some stakes for what we're gonna get into for the next episode of yeah. like the importance of the mission and anything. Yeah, following. and that's kind of like secret or something. Like you're going to some human colony that is like one of the most po prosperous human colonies, and nobody knows why. So yes. like, what, Nobody what knows why you're going. going. They know why yes. it's prosperous because of they're, they're looking at the budgets. They can see yes, of course. This is turning a profit. <laughs> McCall, yeah, are you yeah. going to say something, bud? 
I, I was going to say that they have this very fun choice where they're like, uh, Nihilus is going to be observing you. And I'm like, like hell he is. And then oh, yes. when they're like, it's because they want you to be a Spectre, I was like, oh, yeah, great. I'd be a great choice. Yeah, I, I, did I the had same the thing. exact same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> That's I so think funny. I chose one that was like, uh, in like asking just why, and then finally it was like, okay, yeah, sure, all right, like the most neutral. Yeah, choice. this all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think also of a like the ship you're on was only able to be created because of the council. So I was like, yeah, this guy like monitoring their investment makes sense. Like it's sure. no slight against me. But then yeah, they're like, oh, and it's because you're so cool that you're gonna be like maybe <laughs> some sort of secret agent. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I wonder if it's like that the people like that Presley guy that you talked to before gives you the background of like the tension between species that like you could like me come into that conversation being suspicious. Of yeah. this guy. On my first playthrough, on this playthrough, I'm like a little more hyper aware of like the politics there and just mm -hmm. how species could be operating. So I'm um even though I'm role playing as this like ruthless like <laughs> war guy. Um but I mean um, you're still finding it all out too. Yes. So there's like that aspect to it as well, even while you're trying to role play something like that, I'm sure. Totally, which causes me to, you know, flip in that conversation like McCaller and Nick were saying they did. <laughs> um, uh, so this is this is set up and then Captain Anderson enters the room. They're debriefing you as we were sort of talking about about your mission, about how Nihilus is going to join you. And then Joker calls in with a sort of like a distress signal of a video he's already watched that he shows you and the captain. And you basically mm. see that some shit's going down on Eden Prime. Dude. It's very scary. Yeah, Bad I think stuff. Does it show Ashley? Maybe I, or is it, it might I, show I, Ashley or an Ashley like other human warrior. Okay, I, I think it did end up being Ashley because what I wrote down was we got some honeys out there on Eden Prime. Oh, <laughs> yep, yeah, very much my take on Ashley throughout the game. So that's her. <laughs> oh, oh wait, you buddy. like Ashley? Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You can always make a different choice. You'll be you, you never know what you're yeah. about. Something. Yeah, that hey. doesn't that doesn't have to be. Yeah, you got, you got, <laughs> yeah. going into it. I can like is, I like uh, Ashley. Exactly. I'll let her actions determine whether or not that continues or not. Yes, yeah. I'm excited I, to get into that. Although if you're doing like space lunkhead shepherd, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I never met Caden or Ashley. Uh, I guess I technically met Ashley in Mass Effect Three or something like. Because that, she was the one I kept alive in my original okay. playthrough. Yeah, in oh. two, you, like, see her in passing. Yeah. For, like, two minutes. And then, yeah, in three, she's, like, oh. an actual party member. Hey, shut up about this. I mean, shut up about this. I don't know possibly, what Ashley's up to. Possibly. Um, <laughs> A lot of things can change, is what I'll just, say. Just, like, mission and story-wise, before we wrap this up, is there are there any other, like, crucial details that we should include? Um, because I feel like we've kind of got up to, like, before we finally head out to this mission. Um, I guess aside from Ashley, you see the shadow of some sort of a horrible claw thing. A Very giant of like worlds. claw of some kind, uh, which is spooky, scary. That's what, that's what scared me so much. I famously have a fear of giants, and it did look like a giant hand reaching out of the sky <laughs> and chilled me to the bone. It's scary stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so you know there's you know stuff has gone wrong and this mission's not going to be as easy as you thought it was. Um uh but that feels like a really great point 
to leave off before, you know, in episode two that we um, just to give a little preview for those of you out there listening to episode one, where we uh, do the Eden Prime mission. We're going to talk a lot about uh, combat mechanics and and the beacon. So it's really just like that first mission that we're discussing in episode two, unless we've, we haven't changed anything for the schedule yet, have we? No, there is like a little wrap up after you do it um, yes. where you can like talk to everybody on the ship. You can have a lot more like layered conversations, which I think folks should explore the ship in full because there's other parts of it you weren't able to get to yet. So it's yes, a, yeah, continue exploring the Normandy and then whenever you get off to go to the council. That'll the be the Citadel. break point for episode, episode three. three. Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good rule of thumb too for like every episode is mm. like to do whatever the mission is and then do the follow up. Mm. like yeah. junk on it and then like clean break for the next episode is like the, n- yeah. the next whenever you mission. land on the yeah. planet I guess yeah. and I think for there will always be new things for your characters to say so I mean if you guys don't care about that you don't have to interact with that um but uh for those of you who do care about that there will be new things for every character that's in your party at the end of each big like story mission Killer. I think for our contributors here who are going to be on the episodes, if there's any ever any confusion, just let's hit the chat about that. And the listeners, you'll find out as you listen to these episodes. Um, but folks, uh, that's going to do it for our uh, first episode of our Mass Effect Games Club here at the beginning of 2024. I have been your host, Connor McCabe. We're going to plug and get out of here before we head to episode two next week. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Blue Sky at Connor McCabe. Uh, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. Uh, and you can follow the network at Super NPC Radio everywhere. Um, again, if you're listening to this on Patreon as we do it, thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, really appreciate you guys uh, making this possible and helping us do more things. And if you're listening on the, in the future on a free feed on the Super NPC Games Club feed, thank you as well. Uh, check us out. Visit our website. See what we're doing on Patreon and uh, maybe even hop in that Discord. Uh, Roxy Polk, uh, the ambassador of the series, thanks for being here. What do you want to plug? Um, I guess my Twitch, uh, Blue Sky and Twitter, which are all the same, which is Red Mage Roxy. So come hang out. I'm going to be streaming my entire playthrough of this. Um, and it was very hard to like stop myself. Yes. At certain parts. Um, so I might be playing a little bit ahead, just a little spoiler, maybe. Uh, cool. I'm going to try and rein myself in. But, uh, yeah, come, come hang out, come say hello. Um, and I have a Discord attached to that too. Hell yeah. So hang out Great. on my Discord and the Super NPC Discord. Say hello. Great streams, great fun. Um, Roxy, thank you again for choosing this nominee and thank you for uh, you know, braving this episode, not feeling your best. Um, yeah, sorry, I appreciate you for hosting oh. it because I was like, they chose my game, I should host the first episode, and then I hey. was like, oh my god, I don't happy to step in. You know, it's a, it's a team effort, um, unless it's Resident Evil and then we make Jeremy do it. Um, uh, speaking of which, <laughs> Jeremy Schmidt, pal, what do you want to plug on your way out? Oh, uh, just, you know, listen to Video Games and Comedy Show. Follow me on Twitter at Ocarina of Crime. Uh, thanks so much for subscribing. We love you. Hell yeah. Michael McCaller. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Secret Blimp. Uh, Twitch at twitch.tv slash Secret Blimp. Um, and maybe check out my YouTube channel. There might be a bunch of stuff happening there very soon. YouTube.com slash at Secret Blimp. Wow, the world is your oyster, pal. More content. We're doing so much fun stuff here. Uh, And even not related to the network. Nick Costanza. Jolly St. Nick. Reactivators, Nick Costanza. Bye.
and uh, the diplomat himself, July Diaz. Uh, yeah, just I want to plug a podcast that I listen to that I won't say if I enjoy or dislike. I just want to put it out there for you guys to make your own opinion on, specifically two episodes, the Rosa Mario and Rosa <laughs> Donkey Kong of Video Games the Comedy Show. And where do those rank exactly? A 10 out of 10 for me. But uh, again, I, you know, I'm trying to be diplomatic about this. Uh, and uh, that's it. Keep listening to this i love it jeremy's asked july so many times in this episode where does so-and-so rank and he just gives a score out of 10 uh it's amazing well folks again thank you for listening to episode one of the mass effect games club we'll be back for episode two next week we can't wait to see you then bye bye for now